Hey everybody, Rich here. I just wanted to interrupt the beginning of your podcast, and I'm really sorry for this, by the way. I, I'll be as quick as I can, but I ramble. I'm doing it already. Um, I just wanted to let you know that in the build-up to Christmas, we're having a bit of a fundraiser. I'd like to add some things to the website that are going to cost some money and uh, update some equipment and replace some equipment that's come to the end of its life, that sort of thing. If there's anything at all you can do to help us out, uh, please visit paypal.me slash simply syndicated. And anything at all is very helpful and extremely appreciated. I really am sorry to interrupt your podcast for stuff like this. But this you have to do this from time to time. People tell me, I, I don't do enough of this stuff. And I, I just feel awkward. I'm, I'm doing the rambling thing. I'm nearly up to a minute now. You just wanted a podcast. And I'm, I'm doing this. But anyway, paypal.me slash simply syndicated thank you merry christmas enjoy the show whatever it is i don't know i'm sticking this on everything shut up rich see you later bye hello welcome to shaken not stirred this week it's Thunderball. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this this one made Alison quite angry. It's it's one of my least favourites. Um, I I tried because I know you you've been watching them with Rochelle, haven't you? I have. Yeah. And uh, I've been watching them alone because James Bond films in general seem to make Alison angry. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see it. I she, can see it. She's sat about eight feet from me, and I don't know if she can even hear me. She's watching the film on the television with the headphones on, but it's just like her to pretend that she can't hear me when she actually can. Um, See, the the reason I'm watching it with Rochelle is because she's never seen them. Okay. Ever, ever. So I've insisted that, like, if I have to sit through them again, <laughs> I, I, I say that as if it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Like, because I'm sitting through them again, she should at least see them because I feel she's missing out by not seeing them. Oh, I, I she doesn't totally have to watch agree. them again, but she should have seen them at least once. Yeah, that but makes sense. As a kid, you, you miss a lot of stuff, don't you? Yeah, you do. I have been calling this film a rapey romp so far yes. this week. And, it, yeah... Alice, she heard that, she's shuddering. She's shuddering. Because she watched it as far as the sort of the health club at the beginning. Oh, when, God. When it, I, I can only imagine, even at the time, it must have been a little uncomfortable. I don't know. Was, if was it, it? If it wasn't, we've come a long way in society since yeah, the production I'm, of this I'm, film. <laughs> because there's just no way. It, it, literally is you've caused a fuck up at work if you don't have sex with me in the sauna now i'm gonna dob you in and get you fired yeah and i that just never strikes me as a particularly gentlemanly way to behave it's not really uh we're we're getting ahead of ourselves we are let's let's go back to the beginning let's let's go back it's just a glimpse of things to come yeah we'll we'll get angry about this later everybody um what we do have we start off it's a funeral um is it allegedly his? Yeah, we get that it's the monogram on the box of JB. Well, that's the thing, because the, the woman he's with says, JB, like James Bond, in her dubbed voice. And uh, that's your initials. And you're like, well, is it supposed to be him or isn't it? 
Because it, they never make a, a thing of it again, do they? No, they don't. Um, I don't suppose it matters, really. Because I was trying to work out what's, what was going on. Do you know, and I couldn't... Sorry, I, I actually think it makes more sense that it's not his funeral. I agree. Because the person that he's about to have a fight with, who we learn is a man in drag, is <laughs> posing as his as yes, the bereaved yeah. widow. So I yes, kind of think what it is. if there was a, a, a funeral for someone that I was just like making sure they were dead and I turned up as their widow, I would expect to bump into maybe his parents, his siblings, friends, people who would go, hang on, he's not married to you, bloke in a dress. You know, so yeah. I, I think that it wasn't his funeral. But the point no. is, is that we get the shock in a minute where we find out it's the dude. Yeah. But the the weird thing is as well, uh, like we we get onto it in a bit. But James Bond is on break from work. He's not supposed to be working. Of course. So who is this? Oh, it's a guy from Spectre, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I get the sense James Bond never stops working. I also get the sense that when they made this film, up until the shot where they literally pull the hat and their wig off, I think it's actually a woman. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise. Me. <laughs> I, I don't think he was ever in drag for anything but the fight scene. It, it's just, but because it's a woman, it's not like he's not doing an astoundingly good performance of pretending to be a woman. It's a fucking woman. And that's just all there is to it until it, the fight it, scene. It certainly fits with the theme that runs throughout this film of complete and utter misogyny. Yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? It won a bloody Oscar, this film. What for? I don't know. I'm just finding out. Well, one Best can... Special visual effects. Well, it has the jetpack. It does have the jetpack. Which is how he escapes from... <laughs> so, yeah, he has a fight with a dude who's dressed as a woman, and then he jetpacks off a roof, as if it's second nature. And yet, this isn't the most bizarre, weird thing to ever happen in a James Bond film, which says a lot. It is. Uh quite weird that it's not the the weirdest thing well well yeah wait until we get to moonraker eh? right now i am unclear on the actual real life existence of jetpacks right because right i know that i can't go into a shop and buy one that's cool and obviously there aren't lots of people flying around on jetpacks there is that one guy though oh that one that crazy dude who's built one in his yard yeah of course there's always people like that Britain is made on people like that. He's English, isn't he? Uh, no idea. I think he might be French, actually. Okay, well, that makes... Well, fair enough. But I think there actually are jetpacks. They're just not very good. Like, ideally, you want... The They've got that water one, haven't they? Yeah, there's that one. That seems to work. Because I, I believe the problem is sort of fuel. Like, you, you <laughs> the amount of fuel that you need to carry strapped to your bag is far more than you need than you can carry yeah basically so if you do the thing where it's just pumping up water and that's basically fuel you can go on forever because you're not yeah. going to run out of sea but if you want to go down to the tesco in it or something like that because that's what you want isn't it it's like oh I, i'm cooking this meal and i forgot this ingredient can you pop down the spa shop yes i can love i'm just gonna <laughs> pop on my jetpack i'll be back in 15 seconds that's that's the dream isn't it well, well, yes, that, and also not having to follow the road network, which meanders in this country sometimes. Yeah, 
Um, you want to you want to do that as the crow flies sort of thing, don't you? Yeah. Incidentally, I do think should the commercial av- availability of jetpacks ever occur, thousands of people are going to die that day. Oh God, yes. It, it's going to be one of the darkest days of human history when we can all buy a jetpack that works because we're, we're all and, and flying cars as well. Yeah, because uh, it just think of the amount of airliners that are, are going to come down. Just so many problems. And you crash into people's houses, thousands dead horribly. But, yeah. And, that, and, and think of the burns on the back of your legs as well. That's the other problem, isn't it? There's just so many problems with jetpacks. <laughs> I, I, you know, so, but I think they, I think there are such, wasn't there an Olympic ceremony, wasn't it? I think it was the LA Olympics, hmm. where as part of the opening ceremony, they had loads of guys in jetpacks fly past. I don't know. It sounds a bit too much. This with t- LA. LA was LA was quite a while ago, wasn't it? I believe it was an early eighties one. I'm thinking eighty four, but I'm prepared to be totally wrong about that. Um, I would I would have been three, Rich. So you you probably know better than I do. Well, I was only like four or five. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't paying much attention to the Olympics. I wasn't there, but. I don't know. So it, let's talk about Thunderball. <laughs> so he jet he jetpacks off a roof. This is all pre-title sequence again. So he jetpacks off a roof, with, and uh, he, the DB fives there. It's the only time you really see the car in the film, isn't it? There's an incident a bit later, but it's yeah. not a heavily featured item in this one. No, and but you do see it's the DB five standard issue with all the tricks again, and the uh, um. A bulletproof screen and and it's got a couple of amendments, hasn't it? Because it's got the what's it shoot out the back? Is it water? Um, it has water, water hoses like German police. Hmm. They like hosing things down. Um, and that knocks people. <laughs> is that anything over. to do with laser? No, no, no. Lederhosen. No. Lederhosen. I, was say, but <laughs> I see what you <laughs> see. What did. I did then? Yeah, I did. That was sorry. That was good. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but he gets away because luckily these are the sort of criminals where when you knock them down once they give up entirely. Yeah, they're the best kind. I like to think so. Um, and then we're away. Do we get the... Yeah, then it's lots of swimming women. Because we. Sh- I suppose we should say, this is the underwater James Bond. Yeah. They all sort of One have, of them. Yeah. They, they all sort of have themes. There's underwater ones. There's skiing mm. ones. There's mountain climbing ones. This mm. is the underwater one. Yeah. And, and it, a lot of it happens underwater. And I must say... Back in the 60s, the waters around the world were just so clear and had no pollution whatsoever. No shopping trolleys, no syringes or nappies or anything like that. It was was beautiful back in the 60s. Would you genuinely have trouble shooting this film nowadays purely based on pollution and stuff? Or at least you you couldn't (laughs) shoot it in the, the ocean? Rich. Am I talking? Uh, did I fall for that? You, you fell for that. Sorry. It was all done in a tank. Of course it was. Why would you not do it all in a tank? <laughs> why would you? Why would you go to the risk of being on open ocean filming when you could do it in a tank? That just makes so much sense. Notice the lack of fish. Of course. <laughs> that never occurred to me. And no seaweed. Oh, there is a bit of seaweed. Just so there? much thing, so many things that you would expect to find in ocean, but not in a water tank. <laughs> and they're all yeah. I see. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. <laughs> so anyway, I've I've written down here remote control wardrobe, but I can't remember what that is. That's got to be Largo turning up to his no, secret yes, Spectre meeting, hasn't it? That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, so, so we see number two, uh, the much parodied number two, um, turning up for a Spectre meeting. And um, again, we see Blofeld without seeing Blofeld. I don't, that whole scene, like you wouldn't sneak a peek under that thing. Cause he's just, it's like he's in a shop that's half closed. The, yeah. You know, when they put the shutters down over the, the windows at, at to tarry the people up and get them out. Yeah. It's yeah. like that bit of his office is closing in 10 minutes and they're trying to encourage him to leave. So you can see his I, feet and that he sat at a desk stroking his, his cat. Yeah. Um, but not his face. But you could if no. you just leaned over on your way out. But, but oh, it's the, you. The thing that I, until I sort of started watching these for this show, the thing that I, I it completely bypassed me is how early on they're setting up Blofeld and how much of the time it's Spectre that is the bad guys. Yeah, that was his enemy in these films. I know, but it just, like, you never really th- think about it when you just sort of watch them out of order. You just go, oh, it's, it's Blofeld again, and oh. But this is the fourth one, and it's the fourth one where Spectre are the bad guys. Yeah. Oh, not Goldfinger, though. Oh. Goldfinger's acting alone. That's true. That's true. But it's one of the most bizarre sort of bad guys in all the films, I think, because at one point, they just stopped they forgot that he was fighting Spectre. <laughs> and it just was never mentioned again. He didn't beat Spectre. No. He he just stopped fighting them. Well, he he does he does kill Blofeld, though, doesn't he? Ah, that's the thing. Eventually, at the beginning of... Oh, I think it's For Your Eyes Only. Hmm. Um, it's definitely one of the Roger Moore ones and one of the later 70s ones because it's all disco music. It's not... Uh, live and let die. I think it is for your eyes only. Um, for the pre-credit sequence, he kills Blofeld because someone just went, "Hang on, didn't we? Wasn't we never he, wrapped that yeah, up. He, we just started. We just stopped making films about it. What was that about?" And they went, "Should we kill Blofeld in the pre-credit sequence?" Yes, yeah, so he does. But that's it. They just stopped making films where Spectre was the bad guy for no reason. I think by like, I'm so what after this it was. I want to say Diamonds are Forever, isn't it? But it's not. Oh, now you're testing me. Oh, why don't I just know this? Hang on. Well, I, I know. I have to Google list of Bond films. Bond films in order. Here you go. Um, loading. Uh, you Only Live Twice. Right, so You Only Live Twice. That was Spectre. Oh, God. Then on her Majesty's... This is, no, 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 I've just realised we've only got one Connery film left. Yeah. Well, two left, because he w- left and came back. For Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. So, You Only Live Twice as the next one. That was Spectre, because they were stealing spaceships and hiding them in volcanoes. Yeah. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, <clears throat> he's searching for Blofeld. Diamonds Are Forever, done. That's it. Yeah. There's no mention of them in Diamonds Are Forever. Live and Let Die, Man with the Golden Gun, Spy Love Me. It's all Spectre's done with. But in, in uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, he doesn't defeat them. He doesn't win. He just, I mean, all you expect with Spectre is you, you foil their current plan and escape alive. But he doesn't. 
So I, I don't know. It's it's weird. I, there's, I can't think of anything else like that in films. You know, it's as if in the last Harry Potter film, they just didn't write in about... No, because in Diamonds Are Forever, he's back with Spectre. Are you sure? I'm looking at... Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just having a look at it. It says... Uh... But instead meets... Um... Yeah, oh, he's yeah. following someone. Instead, he meets Blofeld, who captures the agent and explains to him that the satellite can blow up nuclear missiles. Yep, you're absolutely right. So... Bond attacks the rig, stopping Blofeld's operation and dispersing his organisation. So Diamonds Are Forever is the last one. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's for your eyes only where they bring him back. Or now I'm off. No, it's not the spy who loved me. That's the pre-credit sequence of the skiing. Um, weird, isn't it? It is weird. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out, won't we, when yeah. we watch them? I, I suppose we should also say, while we're talking about general trivia rather than following the plot, this film was remade. <laughs> I, do you know what? I don't even, I can't distinguish between Never Say Never Again and Thunderball in my head. I can't think of anything in Never Say Never Again that stands out. I can, there's a few things. First of all, Kim Bassinger is the girl. And she's actually not as nice as the girl in the original Thunderball. Hmm. Um, it has Rowan Atkinson in it. Does uh, it? It does. And James Bond is bald because Sean Connery is bald. <laughs> and you can you can already see in this one in Thunderball they are clearly combing over here. That, yeah, you know this is his hair changed a lot in this film. It did. It this... was like, what was the least offensive under these lighting conditions? Yeah, it's it's looking really bad. I think in this one, and of course he didn't want to wear a wig. They didn't want James Bond to be bald, and so it was that was eventually one of the things that led to Sean Connery not doing it anymore. So if you're in a position like twenty years later where you want to remake Thunderball and put Sean Connery in it he's going to say, well, I'm not wearing a wig. And you have to go, yeah, okay. <laughs> Consequently, James Bond looks a bit like my dad in Thunderball. They do try and bring, in, in Never Say Never Again, sorry, they do try and bring it about and kind of say, like, you're at this uh, recuperation place because you're old now, James Bond. Hmm. And we don't think you can hack it anymore, quite honestly. Um, but it, it's a remake because the co-writer of the book I think I th- I'm getting lost now. I think the co-writer it was co-written or at least the screenplay was co-written. It was something like that, wasn't it? And the the dude it was co-written with basically sued for his right to be able to make his own version of that screenplay. And, yeah. And won. And that's what Never Say Never is is. Um here's a bit of trivia. Never Say Never Again was directed by the same guy who directed The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, it was. Irving Kirshner. Yes, it was. And was nowhere near as good as Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Nowhere near. I think it's worth a watch. If you've never seen it, have a look at it. It's odd. Will we do it at the end? I think it's. It'd be worth a look at. We're going to do bonus episodes, are we, of, of original Casino Royale? And this might be worth a go because it's it's just an odd film. It's just very very weird, um, and I can't think of any other instance where a film has been remade by 
the person who wrote the original in that way and made slightly differently. I mean, there's things like mm. Michael Haneke made a, an American version of Funny Games, but I, I, having not seen it, I'm led to believe it's basically a shot-for-shot remake. He just literally remade it again. Yeah. Uh, whereas Never Say Never Again is a different film, It's but it's the same film. It's very odd. Let's get on with the story. Let's. Because so, I'm, so I'm we have, we're at this meeting and stuff. So. <laughs> we're, we're at this meeting where we meet a few more of the spectres, and, and number nine, spectre number nine, gets electrocuted, and spectre number ten was the one who thought he was going to get. It. So he's sort of breathing a sigh of relief, whilst at the same time being absolutely terrified that the guy sat next to him has just been electrocuted. It's not very good working conditions, is it? it it's not really. I'd get onto HR about that. I would. Just all these electric chairs in the conference room, is it really necessary? <laughs> like, well, before we had to dig a fire pit below each chair, and that was time-consuming and cost a lot, so we're just going... Oh, mind you, it does it does shrink down below the floor and tip his body out, presumably onto some kind of conveyor belt, or... <laughs> I, I feel like the entire system's automated. Yeah. You know, he probably just goes to a dog food factory or something like that. I don't, I don't know what they do with him. <laughs> Uh, but it, this is the accounting thing, isn't it? Basically, it's like how much, how much yes. evil money have you all made for me? And uh, again, another another sort of topical reference there to things like uh, the Great Train Robbery and th- uh, other heists that happened around the world. Oh, is that what it's it's doing? I see. Mm. I'm not because that... you, you know on uh, was it Doctor No where they had the the missing Rembrandt or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That was that was popular there. That was in it, and then uh, in this one, they were talking about various heists that had happened that year or within that year. Oh, that's very good. I like that. I like that. That's a nice idea to do. Um, and then that—that's basically. It. Do they announce the plans? Because I, I can't hear what he's talking about. Obviously, they... well, the 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 sound on this is is awful. As with most of the early Bond films, the audio is terrible, and you miss a lot of stuff. Yeah, the dynamic um, range on the Blu-ray is appalling. Oh, it's disgraceful. Um, but uh, they they do bring up the idea of what you know. There's going to be a big thing that's going to net them loads of money but i don't think they quite reveal it just yet right i still have trouble dealing with the fact that specter's main aim is pretty much to get a lot of money like that aren't there easier ways to get lots of money other than a secret terrorist organization doing all these things electrocuting people when they embezzle cash and stuff you know just get into oil or something or big pharmaceuticals or <laughs> you know you've clearly got the capital for it because you've got an underground lair maybe just build an office out of that money i don't know it, it just strikes me as odd but it's what they do they're evil <laughs> that's their, that's their thing i'll tell you what also strikes me as odd is uh the amount of wipe transitions in this film was it a new thing that invented and maybe got a bit transition happy with no, I don't think it is. It says, I'm just reading a bit of trivia here. It says, this film from Russian with Love are the only Bond films to use the wipe editing technique in scene transitions. And incidentally, uh, Terence Young came back to direct this. Um, um, right. Because previously, uh, for, for Goldfinger, we had a different director um, in the name of 
clicking quickly. Um, Guy Hamilton. So Terence Young had a film off and then came back to to direct this, and it was the last Bond he directed as well. Um, so it, maybe it was just down to him, really. Let's keep an eye out for uh, wipe transitions in the future. Then, yeah, he might be pulling a J.J. Abrams with lens flare. That's might be his thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll look up. There might be a, a, a director trademark bit of trivia on IMDb saying wipe transition. Yes. So anyway, we 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 wipe transition to Bond, who's a country club. Um, for uh, oh, he's checking out patient uh, the patients' rooms at the country club for no reason. We don't know why. That's his his inquisitive nature. He's he's yeah, there but to he's, recuperate. He's on holiday. Yeah, yeah, he's there to recuperate. But he's he's just nosing around basically and and sexually harassing this nurse <laughs> sexually harassing the nurse and i've got written down here mouth rapes nurse yes mouth um, rapes nurse that's absolutely what he does and then so she puts him in an, an automatic traction machine <laughs> which just looks at the, uh, at the same time it looks violent and really ineffective yeah because now, it's just tying him down and sort of stretching his arms a bit maybe i think the way they do it in the film looks extremely painful yeah to be perfectly honest i allison's had a go on one and she says it's not like that you'd lie on your back for a start and it's (laughs) not a pumping thing i think it's just there to look aggressive like it might really really hurt Uh, those controls as well (laughs) i've got (laughs) those controls are, are far too open to abuse yes I they think. are like especially when you get dials that have like a danger zone marked on them it, it begs the question why did you put that setting on the machine yeah why, why, why not is, just why not just put a less powerful motor in it it's like the burn setting that exists on toasters <laughs> like why you know of all the toasters you've ever owned you never move them past three, three and a half. But they like, go to... maybe, maybe four if the bread's frozen. Yeah, but you never go to eight, and they all go to eight. Why have they put that on there? Just to prove they can. I th- it's, it... it's... <laughs> look at what we could look how hot your toast can be. Yeah. So he's strapped to a machine with a kill setting that you must try to remember <laughs> never to use, and then and then count someone or other. I've forgotten his character. Let's see if I can find it quickly on IMDb. Count Lippy. <laughs> I might be pronouncing that wrong. It's L-I-P-P-E. I, call, I think that's Lippy. Lippy or, or Leap. 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 Count Leap, maybe. Leap. No, there's no accent. Oh, call him Count Lip then. Count Lip. He, uh, he comes in and uh, turns it to overload. Turns the sex machine to <laughs> overload. Um... And and then we have this very bizarre scene of Sean Connery having sex with a table. Yep. Uh, in in fast motion. Yep. Until he passes out, which is the Until only way to out, have yeah. sex with a table. <laughs> um, and and of course, then the nurse comes back, and he basically just really assaults her in the the Turkish bath. Yeah, because uh, he 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 says, "Look, this is your fault." The- Someone could come in and, and turn this to the kill setting. Yeah. So I'm going to tell your boss. And she says, no, 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 don't tell my boss. I'll get fired. And so he goes, right, well, you, you better sleep with me then. 
I, I think that definitely qualifies as sexual harassment and rape. I, I really it, do. This is the part where, where I've got a quote written down here from Shell. It's so rapey. Yeah. It's so very rapey. That's horrible. It's horrible. But as we learn in just one scene's time, clearly she wanted to do it all along. <laughs> and all she needed was just that little push because she's in his bed then. Yeah, she's she's over it. it she's a bit. She must be a bit of a slag to to just you know. It doesn't look good for her, it does so it? easily. No, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. I I accept that what she did. You know, again, while well, she was raped in the Turkish bath, so we can forgive her for that. But don't go to his room later, unless he's just playing. Like I'm done now, but you're going to come and see me later, or I'm telling your boss again. In fact, this is your job for me now. Yeah. We don't know what he said to her afterwards. It's all horrible. It's all horrible. <laughs> it is. It is. So anyway, so then we cut to a scene of uh, the Vulcan bomber. Now this is this. I I love these scenes because they're actual Vulcan bo- bombers. Yes, they are. And there's, there's only one left flying today. I believe um, uh, ethics do a lot to keep it going. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. And and I, I saw I've seen it a couple of times at the Farnborough Air Show. And it, it in fact the year. It came back because they're all mothballed by by the army because this was the the or oh, sorry the air force the air force's version of Concord. It was the military version of Concord, um, and it was our nuclear bomber. It was. Um, the, the Americans had the B fifty two. We had the Vulcan. It, it's and just such a wonderful plane. It is. It, it is, and that's that. It's just the solid wing design as well, and it. The the first year it was flying again after it had been restored, it flew around my house. That's amazing. Because I'm kind of in the flight path of Farnborough Airport, and, and for the air show, it was doing laps around my house, and I was just stood in my driveway just taking pictures and, and in utter glee at seeing it flying again, Um, which is why I love this scene, because because we cut to a scene with, with the Vulcan bombers all lined up, um, and... You know, at the time, this this was the the big thing in 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 the UK. Um, we had the nuclear bombers, and and off they'd fly to do their Cold War missions. And the fact that the film had access to them is kind of sets a trend with Bond films, I think. Yeah, it's a good level of access they've been given there, isn't it? It is. Um, I did see it at the uh, at the RAF Finningley Air Show. It, I think it would have been the early nineties, and they did a display. The Blue Angels, the uh, US, oh, yeah. the the Navy display team were there, and they did a, a like a, a event with it. And basically, it was the Vulcan bomb is going to take off at the same time as the Blue Angels, and they're going to demonstrate how the Blue Angels cannot maneuver as well as this Vulcan bomber. <laughs> and it was astounding. Because that thing takes off and it went up. It didn't climb. It went up, straight yep. up. And the Blue Angels have to just start climbing slowly, like their planes had to do. Yeah. Uh, and then all kinds of banking and things like that. It was just a far superior plane to the stunt planes. And yet it's enormous and carries yeah. nuclear missiles. Which is where we come back to the story. Well, this is the plot, isn't it? They're, Spectre are going to crash a Vulcan bomber with the missiles on it while it's on a training flight, and nick the missiles, and then ransom, hold the world to ransom for $1 billion. 
or whatever it is. It's a hundred million, I think they said. Hundred million. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's nineteen sixty-ish million from there, or yeah. whatever. So that might have been a lot of money. I'll, I'll, well, I'll it was it was pre-decimalization, wasn't it? So it probably was a lot of money. Yeah. It probably was. This would be nineteen sixty-five, sixty-five, sixty-five. So yeah, that was probably a lot of money. And rape was more acceptable. <laughs> um, so they have this look-alike who's had plastic surgery, and it's the same guy from the country club that Bond was investigating has had this plastic surgery to look exactly like the guy who's the NATO um, attaché to the RAF training mission. This, um, th- this scene it- raises an interesting question for me. Mm-hmm. If you were to... You imagine now, you sat at home watching telly, there's a knock at the door. You get up and answer the door, and stood there is you. I think you're going to scream and just run, or something. This dude just stands there looking quite confused, like, have I uncovered a mirror? What's <laughs> what's going on? Because that's but think me. about it, because I, to be honest, initially, I don't think I'd recognise myself, because I don't look at myself that much. And you're not expecting to see yourself on the other side no. of the door, are you? No, you're not. So I, I think you know he's he's clearly in a bit of shock. I'll, I'll forgive him then. He's killed by himself in a second anyway. So that's a bit um weird. Is it technically <laughs> suicide? I don't know. No. Well, well, no, it's not legally. It's not, is it? Because it's a different person with different DNA. But yeah. And so they progress. Basically, they're making, the, they're taking his place. He's being replaced yeah. by the Spectre agent who looks and talks and sounds like him. And Except he, he he says uh, goodbye instead of ciao or something. He says adios instead adios, of ciao. It, yeah. Like no, you say ciao because you don't want to avoid one. You want to avoid one of those weird incidents where someone's like, "Hang on," he normally says ciao. I remember what kind of a pretentious dick he is. How many it must people? not be him. Yeah. He's not English, though, is he? He's Italian or, or something. Oh, in which case, again, he's probably allowed to say ciao if he's Italian. But I, I can see you followed this closely, Rich. <laughs> I've seen it a thousand times, this film. Just so much. And yet, little details sometimes wash over you. It, it's because I kind of figure, like, those things don't matter. I mean, this guy is purely a plot point. because. You know as soon as as they're paying him, and he goes, oh, that's not enough. I want more money from Spectre, please. And you think, this is an organisation that electrocutes people. They're not just going to give you more cash, Sunshine. No. So as soon as he says that, you think, well, you're you're dead. You you are just dead, and they're going to let you do the thing they're paying you for, and then they're just going to kill you, which is exactly what happens. But but after he's... he's, Killed all the um, Vulcan bomber crew and very smoothly landed the Vulcan on the sea. Yeah, um, and uh, and sunk it, and then it was um, covered by uh, by uh, camo. Yeah, on the seabed, um, and then all these divers come out, and there's a random shark there, and they uh, instead of rescuing the guy along with the plane, they sort of just kill him. Um, and then take the bombs. Who did he think he was asking for more money? Stupid man. Stupid yeah. man. Shouldn't have pissed them off. Um, then they, so they, they bring the body 
of the guy they've replaced back to the health spa that Bond is at. So he sees them doing that. He knows yeah. that there's shit going down. Um, hang on, I've skipped too far in the film. Because, of course, he's, he's rubbing the nurse with a mink glove. <laughs> Another very uncomfortable scene. It is, and then after after all this as well, but as Bond after Bond's witnessed all this stuff with the the body being brought back in, and he he steals his watch and his um uh, ID tags because you'll be able to identify any man from those. Uh, so after he's done all that and he's sneaking around and stuff, it, he goes to leave, and this this nurse that he's been uh, raping um, says to him, oh. Will you call, uh, or will you write at least? <laughs> and he goes, of, of course I will, of course. Yeah. I have to point out, and I've, I've, this is something I remembered again through watching it for this, this film and that particular scene, just one shot of that scene where, where he's rubbing the girl with the mink glove, <laughs> was instrumental in me getting a genuine surprise after one of my own early sexual encounters with a girl. Because... <laughs> Right, this, this she was, got a mink glove out. No, there was no mink glove involved. <laughs> Although for that reason, I kind of always wanted one, but I've never really put much effort into it. But you'll notice what happens is, so he's he's in bed with the girl, and mm-hmm. then he hears a noise outside when he's looking out the window, and she sits up to see what's going on. But what she does, very carefully indeed, and obviously for censorship purposes and the rating of the film she yeah. makes sure that every bit of breast is completely and totally covered with a blanket yes he's raped her in the turkish bath he's had sex with her in a room all this kind of thing but at this point she's still like i really don't want you to see my boobs and that actually was just perpetuated in my own head from childhood onwards that no matter what state of a relationship you were in with a woman at no point did they ever actually want you to see their boobs. <laughs> it's like it's like the uh, the old trope of the L-shaped bed covers. Yes, exactly. Where the, the woman will have it up to her neck, and the man lying right next to her will have it down to his waist. Yeah, that that's it exactly. And so that actually led to a real life incident in my life, where I was expressed genuine surprise. It's a girl that I just actually had sex with, allowing me to see her boobs afterwards. <laughs> right, allowing you. Yeah, it's like, but you're not covering them up. It's like, oh, well, I think it's a bit late after everything. that's You've seen them now. Like, yeah, but I didn't think, you know, oh, well, fine, go with it, you know. But that was, and it, that all stems from seeing Thunderball. That's it. At least wow. it's a good job that what I took from it was that, and not that it's okay to attack women in Turkish baths. <laughs> Because I've I've never done that. I know that that's wrong. So there you go. So, so anyway, he, he Bond <laughs> leaves and goes back to MI6, um, and uh, oh, he's being followed. This guy is constantly being followed. You'd think he would know something about surveillance tech- techniques and things like that, and and someone's following him. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. So anyway, he he arrives back at um, Universal Exports, uh, MI6, uh, and the hat stand has moved. So we lose the trope of uh, him throwing his hat on the hat stand because he has to place it. 
it doesn't go unnoticed. You see the look of disappointment on his face as he can't, as he realizes he can't throw it. Yep. And a brief scene with Money Penny, actually. We don't see much of her in this, do we? No, we don't. Um, I'd also like to point out I feel that this film is the crossover point for when Money Penny's looking just a bit sort of, I don't think it'd even flirt with you for the fun of it anymore. <laughs> five four films in and and she reached that point i feel she reaches that point it's this point and maybe they should have replaced money penny when roger moore came along they are still relatively age appropriate for each other yes but when when they replace bond it's it's too much and this film is the a crossover point for me where i was just thinking it's a bit weird that we're watching you two flirt now because you both look a bit old for this sort of thing You should both have been pensioned off a, a while ago. Yeah. And then eventually it just seems like you're watching your parents flirt with each other and that sort of thing. And then you, eventually <laughs> your grandparents. And it's just, oh, no. This is not nice. Will you please get a new money penny? Please. It's like... We've oh. got a way to go before that happens. Yeah. We have got a long way to go, haven't we? It didn't happen till Dalton. I was at Dalton. Yeah. Of course it was, yeah. Um, they replace the character altogether, but for Timothy Dalton, I think, and then uh, she becomes Money Penny again for Pierce Brosnan, but it's a younger woman, of course. So uh, they they're having a bit of a, a bit of a conference at MI6, and we get to see every Double O man, or bits Sat- of them, or bits of them. Well, actually, we we only see. I I, I was watching out for this. We only see Double O Five and Double O Six. And their faces, all the rest we see from behind, or their their hands or arms or legs or whatever. But there's definitely nine of them. And they all, the, the ones you see, they kind of all look like the people that were in the audition room for most auditions Sean Connery goes to. <laughs> you remember, like on Friends, when they show Joey going for an interview and they show him sat in a room full of people who look exactly like Joey. And they're yeah. all dressed the same way with the same haircut and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what this room of double O agents is like. It's like they're just all alternatives for playing James Bond, but they're the same but slightly different. And, and not even not are. even a, a a suggestion of Sean Bean. No, he's not there at all. Quite disappointed, mind you. The other double O agents die every other week. That's true. So they're they're well replaced well replaced it's it's quite you get the feeling that bond's the only one that survives more than two or three missions yeah uh in fact some of them start off with double oh eight's dead oh now i have to go and deal with it (laughs) oh double oh six was investigating this and he just stopped phoning right okay i go again yeah it's disposable double means disposable yeah, they would have got rid of Bond years ago. He just doesn't have the decency to get killed. <laughs> like all the others. It's it's weird. Um I, I So think... they they have they have this conference, don't they? And and in a massive room, like a massive room oh, yeah. with massive portraits. And they have this entire setup where this one you know, M and, and someone from the home office is uh, telling them about the, the Vulcan bomber that's gone missing with these missiles and blah blah blah, and then we have, uh, and the mission is codenamed Thunderball, hence the name of the uh, the, the film. I think we're struggling a little bit there, um, but then they have the the this huge huge like painting 
lifts up and there's this very uh technologically advanced map behind it and all that map does is show the range of a vulcan bomber as a circle and then they're done with it it's important to have visual aids like this but uh yeah why would they do that who's made that map i assume mi6 have a graphics department that can knock this stuff up if they ever need a big chart on a piece of card or something like that. You know, just you call down. I need a map showing the range of a Vulcan bomber. No, yeah. massive, billboard-sized. Otherwise, it won't work. Not A1, big. But, <laughs> but the the briefing from uh, from the RAF was my favourite. Uh, the, the Air Vice Marshal, the General, whoever it is, stands up and says, No one's seen the bloody thing. That's all we know. I'd want more information from a (laughs) subordinate bringing that to me. We only know it's gone. Really? You suck at your job. Find something out, please. Don't bring me rubbish like this to deal with. Um, I'm going to skip well on here. We should do, really, before we do another show that's longer than the film. (laughs) We we should. And the only thing that I will say about the next scenes is that they happen abroad, and I can't help but get the feeling that the film crew just wanted to go on a holiday. It's a very nice place they've gone to film in, isn't it? It is. Again, it actually looks a bit choppy and a bit windy, quite like in... uh, Goldfinger, Goldfinger. with the storm in Miami. Yeah, I do wonder when if there's just... A time of year they made these, and it just happens to have been end of oh, season they or probably, something. They probably had to do it off-season, because the travel was cheaper for all the crew. Yeah. I mean, because th- this is a fairly Felix Leiter-heavy film. We see him on the beach. They they do the introduction again, where it's, who's this ominous man following James Bond? <laughs> well, we know it's Felix Another Leiter. Another Felix Leiter. I, I, I'm beginning to think... Here's an idea of mythology for you. Maybe Felix Leiter, like 007, is just a position. And he does get killed every other mission. And so that's why the position of Felix Leiter is fulfilled by a different guy every time. Possibly. I mean, it, it would certainly uh, help the filmmakers out to have that. <laughs> like, why not? Why the hell not? Yeah. We'll give him that. Um, so we will find out later it's James Bond. Is this the one? Yes, he, he's going to punch him in the stomach to shut him up when he first meets him. Oh, yes. Sorry, Felix, you were about to say 007. Not but I've just, I've just I've just got to go and shoot this guy in the shower. Excuse me a minute, yeah. Um, oh, I scrolled too far again. I keep doing this, I'm on iTunes playing it. I'll just leave it playing. Um... Sorry, where were we? I've lost my train of thought entirely. So uh, he meets Felix and, and um, uh, yeah, Felix turns up at his hotel and he, he almost gets got by a bad guy in the shower. Um, and then uh, I think I think I just kind of gave up writing notes for a while after this. Well, he's nothing much happened at the moment. He's flirting with the, the girl. Now, the girl Domino. in this one, Domino, uh, Claudine Auger. Who who is looking spectacular in 1965? Um, she's now. Oh yes, I remember what happens because he meets Domino and and then they go to a casino, don't they? Where he meets number two. Yes, this was the disappointing thing that didn't happen to me in Vegas. <laughs> what winning? Well, winning that also didn't happen. But the moment where he sort of sat across the table from your arch nemesis 
and you're thinking, yeah, but I'm going to go and shag your missus in a bit, but I'm first going to beat you at cards. And you get that awkward introduction, and he's trying to be polite and nice, and really he's thinking, I'm going to kill you. And that sort of thing. And uh, he's just, he's not subtle with Bond. No. He just goes up to him and goes, well, sure, uh, a, a spectre on your shoulder or something. I don't know what accent that is. That was brilliant. <laughs> that I can't believe it's taken us four episodes to get to your Sean Connery impression. <laughs> that was truly spectacular. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So he goes up to him and basically goes, uh, Spectre, uh, yeah, it's like there's a spectre on your shoulder or something. and You're wearing the ring. He's got a uh, ring on. Because oh, that's what you do. And, when and, you... And, and Spectre again. Oh, shit. Fuck. I'm, uh... Oh, I fucked this up, haven't I? I'm just imagining the meeting where they're setting up Spectre. This is like meeting two or three for Let's Have Spectre. <laughs> and they're like, should we get rings made? What? <laughs> yeah, special rings we can all wear that says we're in Spectre. And we'll just not tell anyone what they mean. It's it's a weird sort of octopus logo on it as well, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what they did. They had loads of rings made, and you've got to be, like, top-level inspector to get one of these, probably. But it, to anyone who knows what it is, it's really a I'm inspector badge. It, it, <laughs> it's, like, it's like being... It, it's your membership badge, like you get with, I don't know, the National Trust or something, isn't it? I, I think... Or, like, it's like a Blue Peter badge. That's what it yeah. is. A Blue Peter badge for bad guys. Spectre badge winners get in free. <laughs> at the York Dungeons. <laughs> That's what it is. Anywhere evil you want to go, your Spectre badge will get you in free. It's amazing what you can do with that. <laughs> Why do they do it? Why would you do it? I, I hear that Al-Qaeda have uh, T-shirts. Really? Yeah. That's Any terrorist organization, you want some identifying merch. That's what you need. Get some merchandise going. Get your Al-Qaeda T-shirts, posters, coasters, mouse pads. They're ever so popular. I, th- I think the uh, the slogan is, it could be worse, I could have been Laden. <laughs> that doesn't quite work, but... Uh, no, yeah. thanks thanks for the pity laugh. Anyway. It, was, it was purely a pity laugh. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't want to make you feel bad, but it, it, it was. And anyway, so we see number two go back to his place and there's sharks in a pool. For, for At the moment, for no reason, but we know it's going to be a plot point later. Oh, yeah. He's so a bad guy, isn't he? It's like he's decided I'm gonna be a bad he's got guy. A patch over his eye, of course yeah. he's a bad guy. He's got the eye patch. He's got a pool with sharks in it. He's got a tall, skinny guy that wears dark glasses all the time and does ominous things working for him. He looks dodgy anyway, doesn't he? He does. He's so a bad guy. And as soon as you know, you see the sharks in the tank. You're like somebody's going in the shark tank. Oh, I wonder <laughs> if it will be this guy that we've never met before but who this main bad guy seems quite angry with. I wonder if they'll throw him... Oh, there he goes. Um, nice little scene. What's that? Yeah. Then Q uh, arrives. Q turns up. Oh, no, B- Big Ben strikes seven instead of six. That's the sign to say that uh, the NATO nations uh, have agreed to pay the ransom, and we kn- we find out that that's just them buying time or as much time as possible whilst the double O agents are the last resort to tracking down um, the, the Vulcan bomber and the nukes. And actually, throughout this entire film, M is surprisingly defensive of, of Bond. He is as well. Oh, M loves Bond. 
They've they've but, worked but, together for years. But then through in every other in other every other film, he's having a go at him for sleeping with another woman or you know, well, not being at the office and flirting with people and look, as I've as I've learned over the years of running Simply Syndicated, there's a you want to keep your friend hat on as often as you can. But <laughs> from time to time you have to take off the friend hat and put on the boss hat. And that's that's just how life is. And that's that's the fine line that M walks every every movie. I th- I feel that M likes to keep the boss hat on more than his friend hat. Yes, you know, but that, that's just his way. I'm not I'm not criticizing M. That's fine. He runs his his company like he wants to. Um, but that's that's what he's doing. I I think M loves Bond. I think he thinks Bond is great, but he can't he can't be his best friend. He's got to remain aloof. Yeah, he's and, got to pretend he's angry with him sometimes. Yeah, but I, I've always thought M loves Bond. He really does. And I, I I think it actually goes beyond friendship. I think there's a kind of father-son thing kind of going on there. Um, And so I, I kind of, he just gets frustrated with his behavior sometimes, I think. That, because M has to follow the rules and make sure his staff follow the rules and Bond doesn't. Yeah. And you get, of course, you know, like, I cut you some slack. But I'd really prefer it if you didn't make it so I had to cut you some slack. Because <laughs> you're really doing my head in. Um, we get a rather... I was going to ask you, the the scene after he's been diving to check out Largo's boat, mm-hmm. and then he gets picked up by a, a woman in a car. What the <laughs> hell is that all about? She's his assistant. Oh, she is, isn't she? There's a th- There's a throwaway line... And, and she dies later on, of course. It's but the, there's the a throwaway regi- line where where they he says, "Oh, that's my personal assistant," and we we basically gather that she's MI6's local contact, but she's also in cahoots with Felix. So she's she's the CIA and MI6's local contact. No, hang on, I've I've not communicated it properly. It's actually it's Largo's PA. She's got a spectre ring on. And everything. Oh, her. The scene where she drives yes, like a hundred yes, miles yes, an hour yes. in the car. Yeah. No. Sorry. You you skipped. Uh, you skipped past the um the bit with Q and stuff. But that's fine because nothing really happened. He just got exactly what he's going to use for the rest of the film. Um. And yes. No. Yeah. So he he goes out and and checks out the boat, and then happens across this this woman who's driving a, I think it's a Chevrolet. Looks like a Chevrolet. Really fast, but Bond's not scared, and she's trying to get a rise out of him. But yes, she's she's uh, number two's PA or or lover. I I think because <laughs> no, Domino's the lover, isn't she? Yeah, it's it's really weird because he's such an old man. Yeah, and 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 she's really fit, but it's it, again that they kind of sorted that out in Never Say Never Again. That one is a bit better. But mm. it, it's these continuation net. What we're getting a lot, and it starts with Goldfinger, are scenes where Bond is inter- interacting with the bad guy socially, and they both know you're the bad guy, and I'm from MI6. Yeah, and yet they all pretend like nothing's wrong. Here, meet my henchman. Oh, you have henchmen. You must be a bad guy. No, but I knew that. That's why I'm trying to shag your misses just to piss you off. But what I find very weird is that the bad guy allows 
bond to chaperone domino to a dance or a meal or something even though he knows that bond is the good guy and he's the bad guy and bond knows that yeah I and mean, he knows that and yet he's like well why don't, why don't you come for lunch and you can chaperone domino to this dance and take her diving and all this kind of crap you wouldn't let her do it and you just shoot him in the head to be perfectly yeah. honest at this point just shoot him in the head the first time he comes to your house for dinner when you answer the door blow his fucking head off <laughs> all problem solved but you're not going to do that you're going to have drinks no. with him you're going to let him go out with your missus and then later you're going to try and push him in a shark tank some food just arrived here please excuse <laughs> us for one second as the dog goes mental This is our, our sustenance for between podcasts, which is okay. in about 10 minutes, actually. Yeah, we should we, hurry. That's fine. We'll, we'll rattle through it. So they organise a power cut, and Bond goes to number two's house to scout it out and, um, and find his PA who's been, assistant, uh, who's been captured um, by number two. And, and I want to say tortured or questioned, but she took a cyanide capsule um, and committed suicide instead of spilling her guts to, uh, to the, the bad guys. Yeah. Um, and then it's all going really well. And then, of course, Bond gets caught and they uh, fall into the shark tank um, and they close the pool cover. I don't know who has a solid pool cover, um, but they close it and he's trapped in there with the sharks. And luckily he has that little gadget that Q gave him that gives him four minutes of air underwater. You, you need the solid cover for the sharks because otherwise they jump out at night or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, then, yeah, then a stuntman gets trapped underwater for some time. This is a rather famous bit of Bond films because it's so a stuntman all the way through. It's ludicrous. <laughs> but but I've got, uh, I've got written down here. Um, he can let the sharks in to the main swimming pool by a tunnel. Why is that even a thing? Yeah. In ca- who built that tunnel? Like, why do you want this tunnel? Well, in case I ever want to kill someone in my swimming pool. That's a good idea. Why don't you just shoot them in the head? Uh, That's not as interesting from a drama point of view. And then how do you get the sharks back through? Exactly. The the sharks that are just apparently itching at the chance to get into the main pool, waiting by the entrance to the tunnel on the other side. Yeah. And we'll just yeah. swim through automatically as soon as you open it. It's, it's almost a case of, darling, uh, which pool did you leave the sharks in? Oh, I think it was the farthest one away. All right. Always check before you get in the pool Yeah, whether it's the one with the sharks in or not. I, I think that's a good idea. Um, Jumping on, he gets away, he escapes. Yeah, and, and then, then there's there's like a chase through Mardi Gras. It's a good thing to chase through. Yeah. If I'm ever at a Mardi Gras, I would like to be chased through it. And then he gets home and Largo's missus is there doing her hair. Oh no, is he escorting her no, somewhere he, or he, something? He gets, this is after he gets shot. Right. Oh yes, of course he's shot. He gets shot in the leg and they follow his, his blood trail and yes. there's some sort of bouncy dance at the Kiss Kiss Club that he does with the the bad woman. Yes, I scrolled too quickly. Um, and uh, and once again he uses the woman as a shield it's horrible when he does that but I mean she is a bad you know she's a she's got the spectering and everything she's full on bad 
but he uses her as a shield instead of getting shot himself. I think it's still pretty bad. You know, even though she might have been a baddie, it's still quite awful. God, this skipping is like, jumping around all over the place. I'm having trouble. Keeping but yeah, so it, Sorry. anyway, they, they, they've, they find the Vulcan by looking from a helicopter. Um, uh, he and Felix, and he goes down and, and um, finds that the, the uh, bomb bay is empty. So they've obviously nicked the bombs. Yeah. Um, and b- basically from here on, it's basically now I have to just go and fuck Largo up. Yeah, and a lot of it is underwater, and it's just various, oh, uh, look, there's Bond, quick, chase him. Oh, he's hidden. Uh, he gets trapped in a cave, and then he, uh, um, uh, Coast Guard rescues him. The American Coast Guard in wherever they are yeah. rescues him. <laughs> and, and hundreds of MI5 and CIA operatives show up, all in great diving gear with spear guns. But, like, you would think, as Marines, they would have more stealth than just parachuting into the general vicinity with a harpoon gun. Or just, like, I know it's a nuclear bomb that you're trying to save, but, you know, just drop a couple of normal bombs there. Or, I don't know, something a bit better than a harpoon gun. Here's the question. It's a boat. Why get in the fucking water? Just get get a destroyer or whatever (laughs) else it is you've got sitting around and go and park next to him. Why yeah. Why do you, you put all your men in the water armed with merely one-shot spear guns? And and Bond's, Bond's got that thing on his back now as well that the Q gave him, which is the personal submarine attachment for his back um, that leaves a, a very distinctive yellow trail through the water. It does, doesn't it? It's I, Well, maybe Bond just got a bit too scared at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is. He's literally shitting himself. Um, I think it's just so it's you like, can see It's like him. 50 people underwater having a massive ruck. And uh, like, and then uh, they get on the boat, I think it is, and they find the bombs. And then there's a really weird Benny Hill moment on the boat where it's driving at about Mach 3. They do speed up the film noticeably here, don't they? And and he's avoiding rocks that he actually should have hit. Yeah. Um, you um, I kind of actually wondered how they... Because that's the... It looks like rear projection or something. Yeah, um, it's, it's something like that, isn't and, it? And so clearly our vehicle has taken the path that they've filmed with a camera attached to the front of it or, or something like that. Yeah. So how did that boat not crash? Because you're absolutely right that there are a few moments where you think you've just driven over a fucking rock there. Yeah. You'd, you'd have crashed. You'd have at least been capsized or something. Unless it was a very low-flying helicopter or something. That's the only thing I can think of. Oh, now I'm at the point, of course, a naval destroyer has turned up. Too late, yeah. But Largo's men have got a machine gun, so they're staying put. It's, oh, this, oh the, yeah, the boat splits in half, doesn't it? Yeah, like the Enterprise D. And he kind of leaves his battle bridge behind, and that gets annihilated by this massive yeah. battleship i can't believe they all stayed on as as long as they did because he has to he has where to, did those guns come from but they take up the entire deck you would have seen them when it was in one piece <laughs> wouldn't you they'd have been right there but no no they they're they're secret and they only come up at the end the film speeds up so much in this last sequence oh. you know 
I know. I thought it was just the the externals, but it's not. It's the whole thing. Yeah. And it's so very noticeable. I'd have thought they'd have done something with that for the Blu-ray, but I don't know. Maybe you're preserving it for historic purposes. I guess so. Um, and, and anyway, so the boat does hit a rock in the end because uh, traveling in Mach three through the water, you're going to hit something. And uh, and there's a bit of a ruck between um, Bond and and um, number two, whose name Largo. is just Largo. That's it. Uh, and uh, Domino shoots Largo because we find out that the pilot who was in the Vulcan, who'd been replaced, was actually her brother. Yes. Uh, and she, so she's pissed off when she found out that Largo uh, killed him. Well, you would be. Well, you would be, yeah. That. Definitely. So um, uh, they shoot him, and um, that's the end of Largo. Pretty much. That's That solves the whole problem. Yeah. Oh, and there's a weird scientist in this as well, who rescued Domino at one point. The weird little nerdy guy. Yeah, he's a bit creepy. Well, they save him, and they go, and he as as he's jumping off the boat, you hear him shout, "But I can't swim!" And Bond sticks a a life ring, a life ring on him, and throws yeah. him off. But then, in the very next shot, the plane comes over, drops the raft for Bond to get yeah. in, which he does with the nice lady. Yeah, that other dude never seen again. No, he's not in the boat with him. He's done now. He got his little floaty ring. Now Bond would like to go off with the lady, if he could, please. Um, yeah. Which I really feel bad for that guy. He clearly just, like, he just, just drowns. Floating, <laughs> face floating to nowhere. It's just outrageous. <laughs> Poor bastard. Um, and then, of course, the barrage balloon pickup. I love that. It's very Batman, isn't it? It is very Batman. And also, you, you kind of get the feeling that it's a bit like a fighter ejecting. You could only do it twice before you have to be retired. Yeah, because man, think of the whiplash from that. It's quite massive, isn't it? And he does it. He's got the girl in his arms. Yeah, she's not even like tied on. Um, yeah, he's just hugging her, basically. I, I, just that idea. I mean, try it yourself with your own good lady. Try picking her up <laughs> and holding on to just not even being dragged along by a plane, but just try holding her up for sort of five, ten minutes. A short flight time, perhaps. <laughs> and see if you think you could keep her alive while you were dragged along by a plane. Because I don't think you could do it. No. I, I think she'd fall to her death. And I do dearly want to know, when the plane has got you and you're being dragged along, how the fuck do you get down from that? Because it can't land. No. And you can't exactly be sort of winched up because it's a propeller plane, so you'd just get sucked into the propeller and die. Yeah. So the only thing I can imagine is that they cut the the cable and they go back in the water closer to land, in which case that impact's going to kill you. Exactly. Domino's definitely going to die. Bond's probably going to die. That's that's how Thunderball ends 10 minutes later. <laughs> it's I I didn't get a chance to watch the the behind the scenes documentary. I don't know whether you did. Um so I don't know if they explain it in that, how they actually did the stunt. It's not mentioned that I no. can remember. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what happens. Maybe getting down is a lot easier if you're <clears> Batman. <throat> but if you're James Bond in a wetsuit, he's not even like properly dressed. No. It, it's, 
not properly dressed throughout a lot of this film because he's wearing those tight white trunks. I mean, at least he's got rid of the onesie from Goldfinger, but he's wearing these tight white trunks. And then what I can only describe as some sort of S&M type leather wetsuit. Yeah. Which just kind of wraps around his crotch and covers his top half. It, it's all right. I, I can forgive him the thing. I, I think he, he looks all right. And it's also about making Sean Connery look good. Yeah, I guess. Anything to distract from the, the balding head. Exactly. <laughs> my my mother, being of the age that she is, enjoys this one because it mainly involves Sean Connery wearing shorts. So, there you go. I think you have to have been alive when it came out. Yeah. To feel like that. Because no one I've ever spoken to other than my mother feels the same way. So, uh, yeah. It's just not one of my favourites. It's on telly a lot. It's popular. It's famous. But it's not one of the better ones. It's not bad, though. It's not Moonraker bad. It's not Moonraker bad. But of the Connery ones, I think it's the worst. Wait till we've done Diamonds of Forever to start making claims like that. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the worst so far. That one is, that's a valid point. But yeah, wait till we've seen Diamonds of Forever before you start picking the worst <laughs> Sean Connery one. Okay. On that note, we have to bring this to an end. We have to. I've got a good two minutes of pizza eating time left. Exactly. Um, and then I have to explain this new audio system to three more people. It's going to be great for me. It'll take probably about an hour, like yeah. it did with us. Well, one of them's Simon, so I'm hoping he's not going to be much work. And oh, okay. Ian's fairly technically minded. and Oh, and it's Boz. Oh, this should be okay. This should go okay. With Boz. Yeah, okay. I'll do it well. We'll see what happens. Right, thank you for listening to Shaken Not Stirred, everybody. We will be back with You we Only will. Live Twice. We will return. So I like that one. You only live twice. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a it good is. one. Little bit racist, but it's a good one. Yes. Uh, we'll we'll deal with that next time. <laughs> bye, bye, everybody. Bye.